freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 291 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is activating 2A activism. Mm -hmm. And our guest is Craig Deleuz. Craig is a president and CEO of 2A News Corporation. He's a former director and legislative of legislative and public affairs for the Farm Policy Coalition and currently is the host of Morning Coffee with Craig from for the FPC. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Absolutely. Craig also serves as the Director of Communications for Florida Carry and is the host of another show, The Gunshine State for Florida Carry. He is the spokesman and host of CRA TV for the California Republican Assembly and is a 16-year member of the Robles School Board in Sacramento, California, where he has served as board president for nine of those 16 years. Holy moly what a busy guy welcome back to the show craig always a pleasure this is i mean reading your resume here which is just a snippet of the things that you do i know because i we're personally friends and i know how even more busy you are than this uh makes me feel like i need to to put some caffeine in my cup and have some some morning (laughs) coffee with craig deleuze and get some more things done uh, what, what brought you into all of this? You know, I, uh, I, I'm not one to spend a lot of time sitting and doing nothing. Now, when I sit Literally. and do nothing, I do it quite well, quite aggressively, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, I've always just been active. Being active in the community has been important. I got involved in the school board because my kids were going to the school and it was the best way for me to make sure that my issues were addressed. Um, I now, well, now my kids are grown, so, but, uh, I served on that school board in particular, you know, I served on it during the really, really rough financial times. And then when money finally started to come into the school district, I said, you know, I think I kind of want to see this through. I've been through trying to do something with nothing. Uh, Now let's see if we can do something with something. So that's just been a really, really fun experience. Um, Been doing the work I've been doing with the Firearms Policy Coalition since uh, 2013. Uh, It's been phenomenal work. I mean, since the organization started, uh, and to see the work that FPC is doing now, in particular in the legal arena, I mean, they're filing lawsuits right and left all across the country. Uh, they've d- developed and built out a legal team uh, that I believe is going to go a long way in helping to uh, take back uh, our rights to keep and bear arms in, in some places like California, uh, where uh, the politicians don't necessarily agree with, you know, it being, you know, they see it as a right, but not necessarily a right, right. Mm, anyway, right. so being active is just kind of, I'm not one to just sit and do nothing very for very long. Well, you know, you're an inspiration truly because, you know, so many people feel like, well, somebody ought to do something, right? And you're you're stepping up and you're saying, yes, I am. And I think just by example, the continuation of that is, and what are you doing? You know, it's just kind of like to all of our listeners and the people watching us on uh, Facebook, on YouTube, on Gunstreamer. Seriously, Craig is just a dad. He's just a a guy who decided to get involved and start speaking up. And the, the whole point of being involved at the school board level, that is something that I think is way overlooked by too many people, because the, if, if our opinions, our values, 
you know, the things that are important to us, if we aren't representing them in our school, school boards, who is? Right. Well, I, like I said, I, my, my philosophy to everyone is everyone can do something. And that's the hard part is everyone is waiting for someone else to step up. Uh, and, and you see this a lot in the gun rights community. A lot of people are saying, well, you know, who's going to be the next organization or who's going to do this or who's going to do that. And sometimes I'm like, look, if there's a problem that you see in your community, in your state or in your county or your city or wherever it is, there's a reason why you see it. Maybe, maybe it was revealed to you because you're the one who was meant to step up and work to try and fix it. Wow. Perfect. That, that's just it right there. But if Craig does it, then why do I have to do it? He's doing it. Mm. That's what everybody thinks, you know, and it's sad because it's, it's hard enough as it is right now to keep our rights. If we lose our rights, we're never going to be able to get them back, no matter how hard we fight. Well, the funniest part, though, is, is that then when they want to tell you how to do it. Right. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite. I'm oh like, <laughs> you know, a lot of times, and here's the thing, in, in every area of public policy, but especially when it comes to uh, firearms and firearms policy uh, and the politics surrounding it, it's never as simple as it sounds, right? Mm. And it's, it's it, it, it's always, there's always, it's never, it's never really when it comes to dealing with that policy, always black and white. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there are shades of gray, or at the very least, you have to help educate people where that line is mm -hmm. or what the, the challenge may be in that particular thing. But, and the work, when, especially when you start dealing with, with politicians who, who don't believe in the second amendment to them, it seems completely black and white, and they have no idea what they're doing. They, they don't like guns. They don't like people who like guns. And so they're not really interested in the nuance, uh, the, the problems, the challenges that their legislation uh, may cause for not just gun owners, but for, for uh, Americans in general. They don't, they don't really care, so they don't really take the time to figure out you know, why their bill is so bad in that nuance. Well, they, I think that a majority of the people don't even know what rights they have. And then the politicians that they elect don't even know what the Constitution is. Uh -huh. uh, new, what was that uh, governor in New Jersey that says uh, the Constitution is above my pay grade? Uh -huh. You know, they don't know. So why do we have people <laughs> that are supposed to be leading us uh -huh. or representing us that don't even know what the Constitution is? Well, especially after they've sworn an oath to uphold it right. in their oath of office. Thank right. you. Right. It's like, right. well, you know, maybe before you swear an oath to uphold something, you should actually read it. Maybe. You know, you know I've got one right here. Minute. It's all of, it'll take you like an hour to read it. I it's got a like plan. 45 pages. So, you know, uh, yeah. Anybody I, out there that's an elected official that really wanted to read it, let me know. I'll send it to you for free. I got a plan. So when you want to be an attorney, you have to pass the bar mm -hmm. we'll have a thing for uh the people that want to be politicians they have to pass the constitution test i like it i like it and if they flunk they can't be voted in that'd be awesome would that, we wouldn't have any politicians right now <laughs> right we'd have like three i, I think you're right dan I, <laughs> I think you're right okay so you have a foot on each coast with your activism and your advocacy is it that you just like being near an ocean like what <laughs> how did that get started you know uh I, I will tell you through my activism through the work that i was doing with the farmers policy coalition i got connected with the guys over at florida carry uh, and they were an all-volunteer group um who were doing big things who were doing big things in florida and really just wanted to work to try and spread the word about what was going on in order to get more people active and engaged in their organization so they brought me on to to help them with that, to work in that arena, to uh, uh, help communicate with members and potential members, uh, to be able to promote the work through the the program we do called the Gunshine State, um, and and help people to understand that look, you know, Florida used to be, I mean, the model when it came to the Second Amendment, and you know, because as we all tend to do, sometimes we get a little lax in in you know, we figure we don't have to fight because we've got the rights. And then we don't realize until afterwards that we've lost ground. Mm -hmm. And so it's important. And so what Florida Carry wants to do now is they really want to work to try and get those rights back. You know, being that, that I, you know, am from California, 
you know, I know what it's like to lose those rights when you're on the downhill slide on the other end of it. And I don't want to see states like Florida wind up like Oregon or Washington, or now it's starting to happen in the state of Nevada and, uh, and Arizona. You're starting to see those rights. They're trying to take those rights away as, uh, as Californians tend to, uh, well, as the other states become what we call on the West Coast, Californicated. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. What did I say? Don't California Kate, my Arizona, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that's the bumper sticker I read. It's coming and they do it a little bit at a time. So it's almost like the frog in the boiling water. You don't even notice yes. it because, hey, that doesn't affect me. Who cares about bump stocks? Who cares mm-hmm. about this and that? And it, it does affect us. So you were talking, I'm sorry, go ahead, Craig. Oh, no, no, that, that, you, you're right on. So you were talking about how FPC is uh, the Firearms Policy Coalition in California is in the courts, very actively in the courts. And that mm-hmm. is wonderful. The thing that, that isn't wonderful about it is if our rights are, are only subject to whatever you know the courts tell us, we're kind of going about this in the wrong way. I mean, thank goodness we have that avenue. But we, I think we need to be more proactive rather than that is being in the courts is a reactive measure. Uh, what do you say about that? Well, I, I think, first of all, it starts with who you put in office. You, mm-hmm. can't, you can't ask bad people to pass good legislation. So yeah. you can't ask someone who's anti-Second Amendment to then pass bills that support and protect the Second Amendment. So it starts with who we put in office. And that goes back to who are we running for school board? Who are we running for city council? Who are we running for county board of supervisors, state legislature, Congress, president, all the way on up. Mm-hmm. And so first of all, it starts there. Um, once we have good people who understand and support uh, our constitutional rights, then we can start to take a look at legislation and actually start being proactive in, in overturning legislation that violates that violates our rights. Uh, and putting in place laws that actually protect our constitutional rights. Hmm. Um, now, having said that, you're also, though, going to have people who are going to, and, and once again, we see this a lot in California, legislators who don't care if the law that they're passing is constitutional or not, because what winds up happening is they pass it, it becomes law, groups like Firearms Policy Coalition, uh, the Second Amendment Foundation, the NRA, uh, wind up then having to sue them yes go to court yes raise the money go to court and then get the courts to tell to tell the government yeah no you you were wrong on this <laughs> but in the end you know by then especially with especially uh, uh in federal courts four five six in some cases ten years have passed mm-hmm. and this law this unconstitutional law has been in place so yeah. you're 100 right we shouldn't have to go to court yeah. um but unfortunately, in some places like California, mm-hmm. that's the case. Yeah. Now, the good thing is, is that a lot of these, a lot of these uh, lawsuits, as they move up the food chain at the, in, through the federal level mm-hmm. uh, to, the, to the Supreme Court, hope, in many cases, or in some cases, it gives us a chance. Because if we get a good ruling, then that means that states like, like uh, uh, Arizona or other states are then protected by that ruling as well. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, that's one of the things that's really important is even though California is way out there, uh, as I'm sure you guys know, you know, what starts in California doesn't stay in California. No, it does not. It's like a proving ground and it just starts it's like that's the virus right there that's, oh, yeah. that's spreading is these really bad and unconstitutional ideas. And, you know, speaking of really bad and unconstitutional ideas, we have these federal level bills that are being floated out there, talked about, submitted um, anti-rights bills like uh, HR 30. And this is one I, I know you're going to love the HR 127. You even have a website specifically uh, dedicated to that little gem. So these are being written. Can we possibly overstate how serious this assault is on our second amendment rights? No, no, we cannot. Because I mean, here's the thing that's that's vitally important is is that for the first time in a while, they there've always been like covert, you know, like 
covert, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like they've always been kind of like subtle. They've been very subtle in the phraseology mm -hmm. that they'll use mm -hmm. about, you know, protecting people against gun violence and looking at common sense. No, we now have a president and a vice president and a Congress who flat, who have flat out said, yes, we're coming for your guns. Yeah. And, you know, we have to, or we should take them at their word because in many cases they're being led by the politicians who are coming out of California. Yes. Uh, and, and you've got, in particular, you've got a vice president who as attorney general uh, did not care about the rights of, of citizens when it came to the second amendment and, and implemented policies uh, that went after law-abiding gun owners. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be very, very careful about that because that's now the deciding, she's now the deciding vote in, in the Senate. Um, mm -hmm. And she's the person who has the ear of President Biden. Mm -hmm. And we all know he's already made it clear once again, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm coming after your guns. Yeah. So I just think that it's, and here's the thing I will say, this is legislation that is, as long as there is a filibuster, it is unlikely to pass. Mm -hmm. Even, even if they get rid of the filibuster, it's still going to have a hard time or a challenging time. But here's the thing, even if it, even if it doesn't pass this year, they're going to keep bringing it back. They're yes. going to keep bringing it back until they eventually get enough votes to get it passed. So we have to be very diligent. We have mm -hmm. to realize that this is not just a short-term fight. This is a fight, not just this year. It's going to be a fight next year and every year after, because, you know, Politics is like war and, and, and it's about taking ground. And yeah. we have to not only, not only should we be looking to, to take ground, but we have to make sure we defend the ground that we have. And they are not, like I said, they're not gonna stop. Boy, you, you're exactly right on that. And uh, <clears throat> we, we do appreciate that you, for the people that are able to watch us on, on YouTube and, and on GunStreamer, uh, some people just hear us on the audio version of this show, but uh, Craig has brought us into his gun vault very generously here for, for today's show. And uh, he, he has a he has a thing or two back there. Uh, I'm just <laughs> wondering wh which one of those do you constantly have to keep, you know, you know, slapping its hand and putting back on the shelf because it runs off on its own. Do any of those do that? Because that's none, none, anti... none of the ones that are here behind me. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's yeah. what the anti-gunners are constantly trying to, you know, instill fear in other people that somehow these these tools animate themselves and start running around doing bad things. And, uh, you know, I think that's half of the battle there is just helping people be familiar enough with what the tool is. You know, these tools used to be as common in every single household as as any other tool that they would need to help uh, protect life or to, you know, gather food for their family. And I've gotten fond of comparing it to the knife drawer, right? You've got quite the knife drawer behind you there. Uh, mm -hmm. Nobody freaks out. I've, I've got grandchildren. We've got grandchildren. And right at their eye level is this drawer that they pull out. And it's just full of these sharp instruments, you know, called knives. And nobody freaks out. Nobody calls child protective services. My granddaughter reaches in, completely ignores the knives, grabs the spoon she was after, closes the drawer, moves on about her life. Why is that? Because we've taught children from the earliest ages how to safely interact around those tools, what they're used for, what they're not used for. Why are guns so different, Craig? Do you have, do you have any idea? You, you hit the nail on it. You know, I always say that we, we, instead of teaching respect for guns or for firearms, uh, we have people who want to teach fear of firearms. And so by teaching that fear and fear and fear and respect are two very different things, right? Respect is understanding and knowing, okay, this is what it is. This is what it's for. It is not a tool. It is not a toy. It is mm -hmm. a tool. This is how you safely handle it. Mm -hmm. But when you instill fear, fear promotes avoidance. I don't want it. I don't want it around me. I don't want it even there because, you know, it, and it promotes ignorance about mm -hmm. it as well. If I'm scared of it, I don't want to, I don't want it near me and I don't want to know anything about it. Mm -hmm. All I know is, is I don't want it even around. And 
that's the real challenge is getting people. I mean, at one point when they, when we actually taught at school, safe firearms training and had, right. had in many schools, you had uh, shooting ranges at school. Yes. Right? Well, Craig, look at it this way. Okay. So if you take a 14 year old kid and you teach him the responsibility of firearm owning and all that, you take the curiosity away from him. Whereas if you teach him fear when the parents are away and he's by mm -hmm. himself or with his friends, they're going to coach him to bring out the gun, right? Mm -hmm. What if right. the kid, so, so that is so dangerous that they're trying to just make people think that guns don't exist because it's, it's, it's very dangerous to do that. I'm sorry. Well, it, it is, it is definitely dangerous and they don't even understand they just like they're poly, how how asinine they're. I'm sorry, forgive my language. That's okay. <laughs> they don't understand how idiotic their their thought processes is. I had one California legislator tell me, well, he didn't care if there was any ammo available because he didn't want people to be able to, to to shoot firearms anyway. And I was trying to explain to him, if someone owns a firearm, you want them to be able to train and to practice so that if the time ever comes that they do need to utilize their firearm, you want them to hit what they're aiming at. Right. You don't want innocent people to be to be uh, injured or killed because that individual didn't have the ability to practice and train in order to be effective with that firearm. Right. Oh, exactly. Is it the swimming pool thing is another good one. So if you don't have a swimming pool, you don't teach your kid to swim. Is the kid safe from pools? No, because your friend has one. Right. You go over to the friend's house. So you need to teach the kid how to swim. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, their, their attitude is they, they would just try to get rid of all pools. Yes, right. exactly. Mandate that you can't have a pool just because they don't want to teach their child to swim. It's craziness. All right. So there are far too many people, we've touched on this a little bit, uh, who think that somebody else is going to do the job of protecting our rights. And as Danny pointed out, well, Craig's already doing it, so he'll do my part for me, right? That's awfully generous of you, by the way, Craig, for you know carrying the mantle for the people that don't want to. Um, so at a time, like right now, you know, with that things like uh, HR 127, HR 30, there's other ones I could mention federal level, every state has it, their own battles going on. So we are, I think it's not an overstatement to say we are an all hands on deck DEFCON level, right? Mm -hmm. How do we, as this show is called, activate activism? Like what, what's that you know, what is the thing that's going to get people to, to wake up out of their reverie and realize, especially maybe the, the 8 million brand new gun owners out there that, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're just really not aware of what an assault there is on the right to own that, that piece of equipment they just bought. Well, I, I think it, it, it's a multitude of things. The first thing is uh, find a way to get involved. You know, whether it's donating, whether it's simply uh, uh, helping to spread the word, there are organizations and tools, there are organizations that have tools and resources available to you, uh, both, at, both at, your, at your state level, in your local community, but also at the federal level. Uh, avail yourselves of those. I encourage you go to firearmspolicy.org. That's firearmspolicy.org. Uh, they have a take actions page. You can click on and every bill, that is every bill that is out there that's a serious threat. You can actually go there, you can read about the bill and you can actually send a message directly to the legislators who are going to be voting on that particular piece of legislation. Um, so, so that's the first thing. First thing is make your voice heard to your ele elected officials. And that's, by the way, is at every level. Find out who your congressman is, find out who your state legislator is or are, uh, your county supervisor, your, your sheriff, find out who all those electeds are and find out where they stand on the Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. And then once you know that and once you're also active, share that information with your friends, with your neighbors, mm -hmm. help people to understand exactly what is going on. All of us have our sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's the point of doing things, you know, like doing your radio show or doing programs. There's some people who are going to watch a video or listen to a radio program that are not going to read articles, right? There's some people who are going to read articles, but not, not, uh, not engage in multimedia. Find out, use every tool available in order to be able to get that word out and realize that your job is not to change people's minds, right? Mm -hmm. Your job is to find the people who think like we think mm -hmm. and get them engaged. 
Yeah. First and foremost, because some people, I hate to say this, some anti-gun folks, we're never going to change their mind. Let's not waste our time. Our goal is to, is to one, find the people who think like us and, and, and who are, cons- are going to be concerned when they know what we know. Mm-hmm. And then number two, get them active and engaged. Wow. Right. All the gun owners in Arizona, Florida, if they would just take somebody that's never shot a gun before out, mm-hmm. just one time, there's people that were anti-gun that when they finally were taught how to handle a gun properly and shoot and go out and have fun, they changed their ways. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody that ever was a real strong gun owner that went anti-gun. Mm-hmm. But I see anti-gun people, once they're uh, invited into the, our community and they start seeing what we do and what, how we operate, they come to our side. Yeah. And yeah. one other, I just want other, one other thing, talking to politicians, you know, I know there's some politicians you're never going to get through, but I promise you this, you'll never get through them if you go there calling names, mm. being violent, threatening. You need to go in there and t- plead with them on your values and why you think that people should be allowed to. I don't know them. if I like the word plead, well, but you sometimes know. you have to <laughs> well, discuss some, yeah. with them what right. your values are, right. help them know you better. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. But, but um, to Craig's point, you don't even have to go so far as going to somebody who's anti it, it, the low hanging fruit are people who just, you know, yeah, they already agree with you. They just aren't doing anything about it. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it most definitely it's, Every, all our rights only exist. I mean, they're, they're, first of all, they are not given to us by government. They are endowed to us by our creator. Mm-hmm. But that does not mean that there are not individuals and entities and organizations out there that are going to seek to subvert those rights. Mm-hmm. We have to fight to defend those rights. They may be our rights, but people can subvert them and we have to stop them from doing that. And that's only gonna happen by us being engaged and involved. And and getting, helping people to understand the severity of what is going on. You know, you mentioned bump stocks earlier. And, you know, it's funny because I, I can't tell you the number of times I, I ran into people who said, well, I don't care. I don't own a bump stock and I don't want to own a bump stock. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. If we allowed, if we allowed that, if we allowed a bump stock, a, a, a firearm accessory that we don't care about mm-hmm. to be, taken to be taken away unconstitutionally mm-hmm. then what happens when the next uh, administration comes along and comes after something that we do care about amen and not only did they confiscate those bump stocks and made people destroy them they didn't reimburse them which nope. i think there's somewhere in the constitution that says they can't do they, that they, they can't and they did but anyway. they did it right. i mean you saw pallets of them being destroyed and nobody got compensated for that i do not like bump stocks myself personally i think they're a waste but i was furious i was just so mad when i found out that trump was part of allowing them to be uh uh illegal it's it's wrong because it is it's just a first step back in the days they used to say handguns were the problem and they fought that and we finally won that fight and now they're going after assault firearms uh, mm-hmm. i guess i don't say weapons <laughs> i don't like to say assault either i know but anyway I know. you know they're 15 so they're it's the just something scary looking but, ones but the whole goal if you just could get back in some of these politicians mind is they want them all gone mm-hmm. every gun so if we start yes. with bump stocks then they're going to say well how about ar-15s you don't have an ar-15 that's okay we take those away right and then they go to semi-automatic pistols we don't really need them you got a five-shot revolver and then the revolvers and and so on it's going to happen it if is, we don't do it's incrementalism and that's how we got to where we are now and uh that's the other thing though that we have to realize is we have to realize that incrementalism got us to where we are and if we as we work to get back to where we want to be that's also going to require incrementalism you know to say we want everything and we want it all now that yeah that's great and wonderful but that's not how that's not how things get done and so we also have to be willing to work incrementally towards, uh, towards reestablishing a full, uh, the full breadth of liberty. In this particular case, when we're talking about uh, the ability to defend oneself, um, it's gonna it's gonna take a lot of work in places like California and New Jersey and Illinois and, and you know many of now Oregon and Washington, many of these states where they're watching the slow uh, evisceration of their rights. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be important that we, as we fight back, we, 
we're willing to have patience and long-term commitment. That's the other thing is we have to be willing to commit. This is an all going to be an ongoing uh, fight. And if, and we've got to be committed, we don't have to do a whole lot on one day, but we have to do a little something every day. Well, that's, it's baby stepping. That's what they did to yeah. take what, our rights away from us already. And we just have to do that in reverse, but we have the most powerful tool in the world. And that's just taking somebody that's never shot out shooting. That's, yeah. That will do it. It's so it's super simple. Mm -hmm. How many new gun owners do we have because they're afraid right now? No, what saying, three million new ones? They're saying eight plus, right? Million. Eight plus million new gun owners because they're afraid. Imagine mm -hmm. what we could have if we could teach people how fun it is. Yeah. And well, and let let let's not confuse that something. There's one thing we have to be really careful of is because someone owns a firearm does not mean they are pro Second no. Amendment. No. Exactly. Um, in many cases, there are still a lot of them are still the same people who support what they call reasonable gun laws. Mm -hmm. The challenge is, is that is the education process to help them to understand how what they call common sense, reasonable gun laws to understand exactly how unreasonable they actually are and how they're actually common nonsense. Yeah. Well, Boy, AZ true. firearms, you know, we, uh, we had people that came in that's never bought a gun before that were, I would call anti-gun, but they wanted mm -hmm. a gun for protection. When they came in and found out they had to do a background check and they couldn't buy something from mail order. What the advantage that we have right now is, yes, I agree. Many of these uh, people are not, uh, they don't care about gun rights, but now that they have the firearm, it's a step that you would never thought they'd take. Yeah. They took that step. So now it should be a little easier to get to some of those. Well, I hope so. And and the people that were like a little bit uh, annoyed that yeah. they knew they were good people. And I thought those background checks were just for those, you know, seedy fringe yeah. gun owner type yeah. people, not a good all, human like myself. All firearm laws, the history of, of gun control has always been about making sure those people yep. don't have access to guns. Yeah. Uh, in California, uh, the, those people started off as uh, Native Americans. Mm -hmm. uh, then in the night, that was in the 1870s and the 1930s, those people were then uh, Latinos or they, as they refer to them in the legislation, Mexicans uh, mm -hmm. and, and Chinese uh, were those people. And in the 1960s, with the passing of the, the Mulford Act, those people were uh, Black Panthers, were Black people. Mm -hmm. So in, in now those people are any oh, white men. Oh my gosh. They don't see as, uh, as responsible enough, which right. basically is all of us are now those people. Yes. If you want, if there must be something wrong with you, if you want to own a gun, so you are one of those people, but, but yeah, to right. Dan's point, you know, God. I'm the, the old white man. Now those people shouldn't have guns. Yeah. I'm, I'm being attacked. Yeah. And, <laughs> right. And, and that's when people usually wake up is when they're like, well, wait a minute, I'm not, I'm, I'm not those people. I, you know, I want to own a gun, but I, I'm a good person. Yeah, we all are. I don't Thanks. remember. Welcome to the club. I don't remember the so, whole story. Fight for the rights. I don't remember the whole story, but with the Black Panthers group, when they started, which they didn't start out violent, but they wanted firearms and California got really heavy on the gun control at that time, wasn't it? Wasn't that about the time? That's what he was just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, so they originally started off. They started off doing armed patrols, and what they would do is, when someone would get pulled over by the police, they would observe the police while they were interacting with with uh, with people in the community, and they would do so. They would watch them with loaded firearms, mm -hmm. and uh, that you know that made law enforcement that made law enforcement nervous. Um, and I and I'll just say you know I, I'll say this to say that I say I I share that to say this rights are dangerous mm -hmm. you know the, giving people the ability to say whatever they want mm -hmm. um it it it's you create a certain set of challenges when you start when you start allowing people to exercise their rights I'm, i will not disagree with that one bit mm -hmm. but it's even more dangerous to subvert those rights right. to take away those fundamental human rights it's even more dangerous to do that and, uh, you know, in the, in the case of the Black Panthers, they were legally exercising their rights. Now, what we do is we have laws in place 
to when people decide to overstep their bounds in the exercising of their rights and abuse those rights, we have laws put in place where we penalize those individuals and we hold them accountable for them overstepping their rights. Uh, and uh, instead of enforcing those laws, they want to uh, they want to to kind of preempt or pre-law or pre what's a pre was a law precognition yes um, pre-crime yes right? pre-crime I uh, I always like to say people like to say for example well you can't yell fire in a crowded theater and the fact is yes you can in particular if there's a fire yeah you know <laughs> but 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 here's what we don't do. What we don't do is put duct tape on people's mouths before they go into the theater. Just in right? case they might feel compelled to yell fire. Yes, thank you. Exactly. So we, we, we don't put it on everybody's mouth in case one person might decide to yell fire. Mm. Right. But what we do is if someone yells fire and there's not a fire and there are people who are injured or harmed, that individual can be held accountable under the rule of law, both criminally and civilly. Mm -hmm. Well, we've got that same exact thing when it comes to firearms, when it comes to, to when it comes to guns or knives or what or defending yourself. We have laws that are in place that allow people that if people overstep their bounds, they can be held accountable uh, for overstepping. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. But once again, but what they also want to do now is they want to say, OK, well, we're now going to make it so that you can't even exercise that right for fear that you might. Right. Someone Just might overstep. Yeah. yeah, no, there's nothing common sense about Cheryl that. Cheryl and I had a big fear when my daughter got her driver's license <laughs> because, you know, she's going to go out in the world driving a car and she could get hurt or killed driving a car. But if we would have never allowed her to get in a car, look what we'd be taking away from her. Boy, that's the truth. But but I think I did most of the driver training. So that's I, my, even worse. my fear was reasonable. Let's yeah. just... <laughs> No, but, that's, but that's even worse if you trained her now i gotta go train her i gotta nice. go, i gotta go talk to her nice yeah anyway so oh yeah. my goodness all right so um when we're talking about helping other people you know get the knowledge that we have get the passion that we have to speak out and and you can't do everything but do something meeting together is really a, a very vital and important part of that and we've had such a rough go with, over this past year with COVID, people not being allowed to congregate together and, and share our, our shared spirits and value. But there is an event coming up very soon that you and I both have, uh, you know, the excitement and the honor of being part of. Um, and I thought maybe you could talk to us a little bit about that and what you your portion you plan for. And of course, I'm talking about the, uh, the Florida event. It's on Saturday, March 20th. It's being put on by Florida Carey, and it's titled Freedom, Not Fear. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. All right. So uh, this is an event that uh, is put together. It was, it was a, 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 an event put together by a singular individual, Kevin Sona, uh, who's a member of Florida Carey. Uh, he just wanted to, he had a chance to experience uh, the Gun Rights Policy Conference, which, we, which we've had a chance to go to and be at. Um, it was an opportunity where you had you have speakers coming from all over the country uh, to kind of come together. People who are activists, people who are trainers, people who are in the media, all and and people who are all coming together to talk about uh, the the state of the fight for a right to keep and bear arms uh, that's going on all across the country. Well, having experienced that, he felt kind of challenged that you know he wanted people in the state of Florida to be able to experience that same exact thing that he had experienced. So he put together an event, he put together this event and invited speakers to come in. So now you have, last year was my first year attending the event. We have speakers coming from all over the country into, into uh, Florida. Uh, we're gonna be, a lot of us are gonna be camping uh, from Friday to Sunday, because in the state of Florida, uh, you can open carry if you are if you are camping or on your way to or from camping. So for those who are camping or on their way to or from, they're going to be able to open carry there in, in, in Florida. So we'll be camping, but then on Saturday specifically, there's, there's going to be a speaking event. It's being hosted by Runaway Campers. Um, uh, it's going to be, you're going to have speakers like, uh, well, like Cheryl Todd, uh, you're going to have Mike Piloworski from Arms Room Radio is going to be there. You're going to have Charlie Cook from Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Uh, Rob Morse from uh, uh, 
slow all facts. kinds of things. Holy cow, he does a ton of things. But yes, yeah, oh yeah, facts, it, it, there's Paul Lathrop from from Second Amendment Foundation and the Polite Society podcast. There are going to be people speaking who are engaged either in media, other or, or uh, as activists or as trainers from all over the country who are going to be coming to Florida. And it's going to give people a chance to hear the state of gun rights all across the country, but also specifically hear about what's going on in the state of Florida, the challenges uh, that uh, that Florida is going to be facing, uh, as well as the opportunities that are going to be taking place there in the state of Florida. Folks, it is a fun event, and there are not many times when you're going to get a chance to get this many people who are so active, so engaged, and so knowledgeable in one place, uh, and to be able to see them live. So if you can go, you need to go. Boy, I couldn't have said that better. I am so excited to have a chance to be there this year. And I get to host a panel, a diversity panel, and, and talk about you know all the different kinds of lifestyles and people and backgrounds and life experiences that people in the firearms community and industry really have. Because you know it isn't just I'm sorry, babe, it's, it's not your world. It's not just your world. It's not just the, the over 50 white, you know, dudes anymore. And I don't think it ever really, really was, but we're having these great opportunities now to, to be able to express it more, uh, you know, openly and just be able to talk about, well, you know, uh, Gina Roberts, she's a trans woman from California. She's one of the DC project ladies like I am, uh, who women for gun rights, you know, what brought her, you know, to, to be able to, you know, say, I, I'm just going to speak up. I'm just a citizen. I'm just a person. And here's my background. And, and here's why I value my rights. Um, you know, we're going to have, uh, I think he's still coming shaky Dave, uh, Smith, the, the, you'll probably know him as the Parkinson's shooter, the, um, What's his tagline? Gun therapy. Yeah. Hashtag gun therapy. He's going to be speaking about his personal experience of, you know, having a disability and how, you know, people with disabilities can't and shouldn't just wholesale be stripped of their rights because mm -hmm. of a disability they have and how he is personally inter interacting with those worlds and, and the, the laws and, and how actually guns have been good for him as therapy. So it, it's a tremendous event and I, it's a no miss, I think. Oh yeah. I, I, I could not, I could not agree more. Absolutely. Well, as we just start to wrap up here a little bit, I want you to please tell folks how they can follow more of what you do, uh, all the things that you're involved in. Holy cow, all the organizations, um, and also I alluded to this earlier on that there's an actual website specifically to help push back on that one federal bill, uh, HR 127. Uh, just give us, everybody get your pens and pencils out, get ready to write some things down because Craig's going to tell us how we can stay on top of some of this stuff. All right. So uh, first, let me just say uh, the, the easiest way to follow the work of the Firearms Policy Coalition is firearmspolicy.org. Uh, that's firearmspolicy.org. And if you go there, all you have to do is look on the take action page, click on take action. And it'll take you exactly where you need to go. Specifically, if you're looking for, uh, if you're looking for the HR 127, you want to go to fighthr127.com. That's fighthr127.com. Uh, that's a vital one. Uh, there is a bill that you, if you're only going to spend time calling and talking to people about one bill, that's the one you need. That's the one you need to, uh, to focus on because it is the, it is the, the, it, it is a beast. Let me tell you, we want to, we want to kill that. If you want to follow the work that I'm doing, uh, I'm on all of the social medias, including I'm on Facebook. You can just look up Craig Deleuze, C-R-A-I-G-D-E-L-U-Z. You can look me up on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, MeWe, Parler, Rumble. Uh, I'm, I'm all over. I'm all over the place. Uh, you can also find me at craigdelews.com. You can also find me at 2anews.us. It's 2anews.us. Fantastic. Craig, thank you so much for all you do. I, you know, you, you do the work of 20 people and that is not to let those 20 people off the hook. That is to <laughs> inspire uh, 20 more. 
So thank you again for all you do. And I really look forward to seeing you at the uh, event. Let's say it again. How do we find out about that? Oh, go to just go to Florida Carry. I look for Florida Carry on uh, either Instagram or on uh, Instagram or Facebook, and you'll find the information right there. Very good. Freedom Not Fear event, Saturday, March 20th. I'll be there. Craig will be there. Dan, the other guy will be there. Carrying, be carrying luggage. Carrying my luggage. <laughs> Helping me out, doing all that he does. All right. Thank you so much, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me. God bless. God bless. You know, it says Craig is also uh, the director of communications to Florida Carry and is a host of the Gun Sign, Gunshine State Gunshine. for FC. That's Florida Carry. Gunshine. I like that. Me Gunshine. too. Like That's, the Sunshine State, the Gunshine State. Uh, seriously, folks, if Craig Deleuze does not inspire you to at least do something with all of the things that he does, I, I don't know what to say. And yeah, if you don't want, if you don't want to keep your rights, if you don't want this, maybe you sell me your guns, <laughs> you know, and, and just move on. But yeah. we, you could, cause if you don't, they're going to get taken away from you anyway. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you have to fight. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, the language is also being stolen from us, you know, our first amendment rights with all this cancel culture and, and people trying to, you know, paint us as something that we really aren't. And, and so even to say you have to fight, like, yeah, you can't say that, right. They're trying to, there's, there's people out there and organizations out there that are trying to, you know, dumb us down. So we can't even say, you know, use action words, you know? So if you're more comfortable with, you've got to speak up, rather than you've got to fight. Okay. That's what we're talking about. You've got to speak up. You've got to be in this conversation because again, whatever you do or don't do in your lifetime, it will impact your children and your children's children. And do you want them turning back and looking at our generation and going, what were you guys doing? Were you like napping? Like, were you asleep at the wheel? Just join an organization, just speak up to your legislators just run for school board so do something get do take something. your neighbor that's never shot a gun shooting absolutely do something absolutely safely because right. if it's safe it's fun you know yeah. safety is the first thing and and I'm also you, more more converts have been won as yeah. dan's saying by just taking a friend out safely to the range a shooting range and start them with a small gun start them right. with like a 22 or something that's just a plinker just fun and then if they want to work their way up to the big boomers like the 105 howitzer like the 105 howitzer <laughs> which not everybody actually has babe. who needs just because you who have needs, two of them who needs to have a 105 howitzer who needs to have one is, is it a need thing or is it just a that's pretty dang cool. Well, I guess, we you know, so look at it this way. I mean, they take our rights away from us. I mean, in California, they're trying to take, you know, high powered cars away from people. Yeah. Oh, you can't have one of those vintage yeah. uh, roadrunner cars or whatever, because, right. because you don't, who needs it? A vehicle with a high capacity gas fuel tank. tank. Yeah. <laughs> fuel tank. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. So, anyway. All right. Well, it's time to say goodbye. It sure is. And man, that was a great conversation. Uh, seriously, thank you so much to our awesome guest today, Craig Deleuze, for all you do. Thank you to our listeners who are literally all over the planet, all over the globe. People are hungry for what we have here. Right. There's people that wish, the wish that they had the rights that we have. Absolutely. And uh, so we, have, we really appreciate you and value your time. You could be doing anything. You could be anywhere. And when you spend your most finite resource with us, your time, that's everything. And right. we value that. So. If you're going to do, do anything, if you're not listening to the show, then take somebody shooting. <laughs> I like it. Safely. Um, all right. So if you've missed any part of this show and you want to rewatch it on the video form, you can go to the Opslin smartphone app. You can go to YouTube or you can go to GunStreamer. And if you're listening to the audio only version, then please go to our website, which is he's looking at me. I'm, I'm getting ready to say something else. Oh, he's, he's already formulating. He's getting ready to strike with something, yeah, probably so a dad me. joke or something. No. So you go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the on demand. So tab that you can do and, what, Cheryl? 
Is this what you've been waiting no, for? No, I'm waiting for you to say it. Binge listen to your heart's content. Darling. All of, darling. A darling. All of the episodes we have posted there. If you want to uh, learn more about the guests we've had on, the subject matter experts that we interview here every week, click the guest tab. You'll see photos and bios and links to all the works that um, all of those amazing people have done. And uh, when you spend time on our website, it's a it, we don't hate that. It's a pretty good resource and, and we don't hate it when you spend time there. All right. We got to get out of here. It's been an amazing show, an amazing week. Uh, and we just need you all to really, I mean, we say it, but we, we also mean it. Pray for our nation, pray for our leaders, our representatives. Uh, there's some that get under your skin and you can't the sound of their voice. I mean, oh, who would that be? I, I mean, sure can't. You're not going to name her again, are you? <laughs> or, or him? him. Yeah. Right. Um, there are some, and you know, all you can do is pray because what else is there? I mean, we got to pray because even if we don't like them, maybe especially we'll pray for the well, ones that we don't. What like. if you're past that you don't like them and you're even worse than that? Well, then you better pray for yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um. But yeah, it's important uh, now more than ever. Just pray and... that all the voting machines get fixed. Oh my gosh. That's a, that's a whole show that, we need to do. That There's... solved the problem right there. I, I didn't say that there was cheating on the vote, voting. I just said, pray that they get fixed. That's right. Because maybe there's nothing wrong with them. But why why can't we look at them? And, and pray, You should pray for them. I saw a meme just yesterday. I'm going to probably end up sharing it. But I liked this. Because again, if there's no... If there's nothing wrong, what's the harm in looking, right? It doesn't dislodge our whole constitution and democracy to, to look. Um, but the, the amount of pushback on even looking, uh, that makes me want to look even more. But uh, this meme, it says, ignoring evidence of election fraud because the election is already over is like ignoring a murder because the victim is already dead. That is so true. That's so true. Now, so. just so YouTube listeners and all that, we're not saying there was vote cheating. <laughs> oh, we're, not, we're about to we're get not, canceled. We're, we're not saying the vote. All we're doing is is reading a That's thing all that, we did. That we yeah. probably got off YouTube. Yeah, we're probably not going to be on YouTube anymore because they don't like those words put together, voter and fraud, right? And those, was there? those machines. Was there? Are we saying there was? No. I didn't. Are we saying there wasn't? I, I didn't say anything. No, we didn't say that. We didn't, vote or what? <laughs> All right. We got to go. Um, have a great day, guys. Have an awesome week. Be good to each other. And God bless. Bye-bye.